Welcome to Soul Forum. We're delighted to have you here for this series we're calling Soul Body. Each conversation in this second season takes us deeper into the experience of our own bodies, the collective body, the earth body, and even the cosmic body, as we explore the way soul finds expression in our time. We hope what you discover along the way helps you journey a little deeper into your own soul body. In this episode, Dan expands on his conversation with Nina and reflects on some of the practices that might allow you to listen more fully to the story your body wants to tell. A path to harnessing the wisdom that it holds as you seek to give expression to an authentic self. It all begins with trusting that there is a whole world of wonder that lies beneath the surface. How might you tend to that world? Today I want to start off with a little bit of a a link to the preface of a book that I've been reading off and on for quite some time called The Overstory. It's a novel by Richard Powers. It was one of the winners of a Pulitzer Prize and a New York Times bestseller, of course. Seems like so many books are these days. But it's a story about how um, sometimes we're reminded by nature how we really aren't listening to the full story. And in the opening scene in the preface to this book, there's this woman sitting on the ground up against a pine tree. Her back is up against a pine tree. And in this opening um, narrative, the trees try to communicate with her, right? The trees try to invite her into their ongoing conversation. The pine, the redwood, the alders, the poplars, the oaks, the hawthorns, the laurels, the willow, the redwood. This almost orchestra of living trees that are a part of life's experience, trying to invite this individual woman with her back for a moment up against a pine tree to listen more fully to their story. Here's what the collective trees say to her. Your kind, they say, they never see us whole. You miss half of it and more. There's always as much below ground as above. That's the trouble with people their root problem. For life runs alongside of them unseen, right here, right next, creating the soil, cycling water, trading in nutrients, making the weather, building atmosphere, feeding and curing and sheltering more kinds of creatures than people know how to count. The chorus of living wood sings to humankind, sings to the woman with her back against the pine tree. If your mind were only slightly greener, if your mind were only a slightly greener thing, we would drown you in meaning. We would drown you in meaning. Listen, for there is something you need to hear. 
It's a wonderful um, piece of literary work, and the stories that unfold from that opening are rich stories about the way in which lives are lived in relationship to the um, wonder and mystery of the trees that are a part of everybody's life that sometimes just simply go ignored, right? Because uh, as they say in the opening phrase, um, if our minds were only a slightly greener thing, uh, we would drown in the meaning that is available to us. I start with that kind of quote from the opening of this book as a reminder that I think the conversation we had with Nina and with Jen up to this point, for me anyway, and maybe for you, is just simply an invitation to say, are we listening to the story under the story that is happening within our own you know, ecosystem, our own bodies, the bodies that uh, we inhabit for a lifetime, the bodies that absorb all of our life's experiences, and to try to tend to them in a way that allow them to be a conversation partner in the way in which we think about our soul or the way in which our most authentic self is engaged in the world. Just to simply honor that maybe body has a voice in the matter, I think is sort of what this whole series is all about. And we'll continue to talk to people who help us understand that more fully. For Nina, one of the things that I think she brought that I um, wanted to pick up on from the previous episode was maybe there's another lens through which we can see our own bodies, right? We tend, maybe, maybe because we got our eyes going forward, we tend to always look out and maybe miss what's going on inside as we engage with the world, right? We're so busy focusing in on absorbing all of the sensations that are coming in to our senses, right? We, we absorb them like a sponge, but are we paying attention to the a language, or maybe it's a world beyond language, inside that's trying to understand, interpret, process, uh, pay attention to all of those sensations and, and the resonant sensations that happen inside. And so she invited, I think she invited me, and I'm, this is what I've been exploring this week, hopefully you've been doing your work too, uh, to just say, how are you kind of reframing the way in which you think about your own body? And I think the lens shift can help, um, particularly as we grow older, and oftentimes we think about our bodies as sort of having this kind of functional capacity. And her concept is to invite you to think about your body as sort of a, as sort of a teacher, or a sage, or a wisdom keeper. You know, a, 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 a kind of a, a sacred vessel that holds all of your interactions with the world. And so you're not always just thinking about your body as something that can do stuff, but your body as the holder of your, your very being, right? Your being place. And can you listen to the voice inside of your body as you journey deeper into your uh, search for an authentic self in a way that allows it uh, its own language, its own way of kind of conversing with you. In Dan's conversation with Nina, she reflects on the way we can shift our relationship to the body from its capacity to provide us functionality 
to its role as wisdom keeper. I think you bring up a, a really, really great perspective that I think many humans would share that we often link our body to its ability to perform, yeah. right? Physically, whether that's through exercise or by, you know, commuting in some way or the work that we do, um, the hobbies that we have. I think that I think that oftentimes we link our body's capacity to the physical output that yeah. it can have. And I will say that one of the biggest things that I've learned recently is it's simply just listening to the body. That is, I think, what has been the most powerful way to connect to what the body's wisdom is, is simply just listening. And that doesn't require you moving it right. at all. You could listen anywhere. You could be sitting in a chair and just simply pause and, and ask yourself, what is happening in my body right now? And even moving further to that of not only what is happening in my body but right now, but what does my body need right now? What do I need right now? Maybe that is nourishment in the form of you know choosing something that you you want to eat that your body needs in that moment or maybe that's simply just moving your body's environment into sun um and you don't necessarily need to physically be doing anything in those moments but i think just simply listening to your body and 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 seeing your body as a sacred vessel that it is and giving it that respect and that love that it deserves i think is a powerful practice that we can all do that is ageless yeah yeah i think that's i think given i'm in the baby boomer generation yeah so you know there's a lot of people who are getting older and my guess is there's going to be a struggle yep. because my generation also was very achievement based yes. and you know, stay in shape, do this, do that. And we're all going to hit a wall where like, well, that's off the table or it's falling off the table. And what, how do I relate to myself now? And this, what you're, I think what you're exploring would be a beautiful practice to start before that happens. So that you're having a different kind of relationship with your body um, and, yeah. and paying attention to its wisdom. Absolutely. And a lot yeah. of that, you know, what I'm speaking to a lot is, is meditation. And yeah. meditation doesn't require a yoga mat or it doesn't require right. sitting cross-legged um, for hours with your back straight. You can meditate simply in bed. You could yeah. be lying down in bed and just close your eyes and simply take five minutes to tune into your body yeah. and just see what's happening. And, and oftentimes what I've found is by starting that exploration of what's happening in my body, that is when I create space for narratives to pop up. Mm. So I'll often feel something in my body and that's when a certain fear will come up for me or um, a certain memory that brings pain will come up for me mm. or the feelings of anger and so or shame or so forth um, yeah. or joy. It could be joy and excitement. Yeah. Uh, it's it's in that initial exploration that those come up and that doesn't require any movement right, right. at all. That's beautiful. So what is the narrative that might emerge as you listen or spend time with your body's wisdom? What is the language a body narrative uses to tell its story? And for Nina, she arrived at this place to say that language manifests itself most clearly in this idea of intuition. That's, that's the word she would use to identify how that conversation is going. And, and my guess is intuition is often uh, beyond words. Right? It's not like, it doesn't frame itself in 
whatever language you've grown to speak, right, English or Cantonese or German or Spanish, you know, don't, it doesn't find its way into your constructed language set. It, it has its own language. And so intuition might, maybe your conversation with intuition is a much more quiet, open, reflective engagement than maybe just a standard dialogue would be. I, I think about many of the people we've interviewed so far have talked about, you know, when they try to talk about their soul and the way in which they think about their soul, they often get to this point where language can't capture the conversation anymore. But they'll say, well, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what words to use. Um, Victoria, I remember saying, you know, sometimes poetry is better because it uses words in a different way, so I'm, I'm able to access it more that way. And I think that's, that's partly what I invite you to think about, is the journey is often a conversation with this uh, deep sense of your own intuition, your body's language. It's like a chorus of living wood that sings to the woman. If your mind was only a slightly greener thing, we'd be drowning you in meaning. Why, why is this attention to the body uh, kind of important? Well, if you keep listening to this podcast and coming to Soul Forum, I think you're gonna find where we're headed with this, but I think the early initial stages is kind of what Nina reported, and I think almost everybody we've had a conversation with kind of reports this too is that as you listen, and, and listening for Nina and Jem so far has been listening to your body, but just simply as you listen, as you attend to the, um, the wisdom that's available to you, there is this liberating capacity, right? This liberating capacity to break you out of sort of uh, either norms or assumptions or traditions or constructs that actually might be limiting your ability for adaptability into the experience of the very moment you're having right now, right? The, 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 this listening capacity, this, this ability to connect to um, a quieter voice allows you some flexibility in how you engage in the world that sometimes is not available to us when we simply use preconceived notions or or cultural norms to navigate those spaces. And, and, and I think that's, there's something wonderful about, right, that it, it like invites you into even uh, more and more layers of yourself than you could otherwise access without this capacity for paying attention if you didn't, if you didn't pay attention. And so the, the, the way in which we tend to our body's voice uh, allows us this possibility for liberating or opening up new frontiers for ourselves. And you could hear that in, uh, when I talked to Jen, you could hear that in Victoria's conversation with Cole, with John, with Candy. All of them have, have tended to a way of listening that helps them unravel or untangle themselves from uh, ways of being that they think are limiting them and opening up new horizons. That is liberation. That is, that is pure liberation. Liberation 101, <laughs> just by opening your ears 
uh, to the voices around you. If, if you stop here, and I think that's worthy enough to say, let me spend some time paying attention to how that works for me. But here's some methods that I think might help that I've learned along the way talking to these people. Uh, one, connecting to Jen's idea, is maybe to, if you just find something that you can do with your body that your body loves to do, right, that your body can get lost in. Remember she talked about um, the ways in which a body, when it becomes so focused, kind of has this way in which it can arrive at a very centered, present place. And so just literally giving yourself permission for 10 to 15 minutes a day once you know what that is, to say, I'm going to give my body permission to be in that space and then listen for those few minutes to what's happening inside of my body. Just start with that practice. Right? So if it's quiet walk uh, in a local park by yourself and then paying attention to your body, if it's yoga, if it's dance, if it's weightlifting, if it's tennis or pickleball seems to be popular these days, but I, I don't, there's a lot of social interaction in pickleball, so I'm not sure, not sure that's going to work. But you're trying to get, it, get your body to find its place of delight and then let everything drift away and listen to the rhythms of your body when it finds itself in that place. That's one beautiful uh, and joy-filled practice, I think. Another one is just fostering your capacity, the second one is fostering your capacity to just simply listen to anything, right? How do you listen to um, music? How do you listen to the voice of another and their story? How do you listen to the patterns within nature, right? You're just literally fostering a greater capacity for listening and then applying it to the, the uh, quieter voices that can function as liberating power for you. The voices inside your own body, the voices in nature, um, the wisdom coming out of other perspectives. Just listening alone and, and taking a few minutes to drop in and pause and be present enough to listen, like Papa John would tell you, is another practice that you can engage in. Another one that um, Nina shared was kind of a conversation with what she calls your inner child. And it's, a, it's an interesting one. It kind of resonates, I think, with the Zen Buddhism, which talks about the beginner's mind. It's like that, that mind you had at the beginning, like your beginning mind, which is always like curious, open. Um, it's not so uh, cluttered with all of the stuff that we've shoved in there over the years, right? So you're trying to always uh, engage experiences with a beginner's mind with that kind of inner child that's curious and wonder-filled and not, not tethered to all of the commitments, right? That kind of uh, beautiful, creative part of yourself, that can be another place to kind of have a conversation with yourself, in a sense, to listen to that inner child, to that beginner's mind as you engage world is another, uh, I think, wonderful way to go. Nina shares her insights on her inner child and its place within her soul's journey. Yeah, so our inner child is actually always a part of us. And it's, it's always that part of us that is creative and joyful and full of wonder and awe and has that beginner's mind. 
of everything I'm coming across in this in this life can can always be seen as new, kind of like the sense of like a rebirth yeah. almost. And so that our inner child um, is always a part of us. I mean, it doesn't even span just the you know chronological childhood years of our life, but it's 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 a part of our our whole being. Yeah. Um, and it's also um, very connected to our intuition. And our inner child also in, in many um, books, for example, has been seen as our higher self as well and really representing our, our higher self, that playful part of us that yeah. finds and cultivates joy in life. And I would say for me, that has been, a, if not the most crucial, but one of the most important recent ways that I've been able to link my body to my emotions and my stories yeah. um, by really connecting to my inner child. And like, for example, if I'm in a situation where I'm responding in a disproportionate way to what that situation is, yeah. um, oftentimes I'll, I'll go home and I'll dialogue through journaling with my inner child and be like, what, what happened? What was going on yeah. there? And it turns out that it is something from my past and maybe not even necessarily childhood. It could be from my teenage years right. or maybe just 10 years ago. Um, and so it's really a, 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 I think it's a representative voice of our soul and our, our inner world. I think That's our inner child is. Yeah. Yeah. If you kind of stop to listen, you can actually hear a lot of what is happening on the inside. Yeah. A representative voice of the inner journey. What a wonderful way for each of us to pay attention to the broad landscape of this inner unfolding. Hearing this inner voice takes practice, and it's not always clear how best to access it. Dan continues to explore ways you might listen more carefully to that voice. And the last one I will share with you is one from my own experience, and that is, I, I remember as I've been listening about the whole idea of body, that I struggle sometimes, obviously, to um, even hear what my body's trying to tell me. And I, it dawned on me that you can hear your body talking to you like when you're in super great amount of pain right? or at the extreme moments. But over the years, I've practiced um, fasting as a discipline. And I remember, and I haven't done this in a while, but I remembered the simple act of fasting was one way to just open up the channel to listen to your own body in a different way. And so if you haven't ever tried it, it's another way to do it. You know, you do a 24-hour fast, or you can do it a little bit longer if you like. But um, it's just a way that all of a sudden, rather than consuming food that tends to just settle the body down, you're not consuming food, and so you're very engaged with your uh, what's happening inside your body. And it, it, even though it you know, might not bring you great insight initially, it literally just starts a conversation. It's like gives you a chance to sit down with your body and go, I'm going to listen to you more intently for a bit. So that's another one. So those are a few ideas of maybe what you might want to think about as you explore how to do it, right? Um, do some, let your body do something it loves for a few minutes a day. Uh, foster this capacity for just deep listening, period. Uh, think about a conversation with your inner child or your beginner's mind and ask it questions as you interact with the world. See if it gets you in touch with your intuition a little bit. 
or practice something like fasting or even silent meditation as a connecting place. Those are some tools, I think, along the way. Where, where might this guide you? For Nina, she said it allowed for her to realize that much of her life was extremely fragmented and she realized that she's actually been whole all along. Isn't that a beautiful thing? She didn't, she didn't have to find her way into wholeness. She just had to realize again that she's always been whole. And literally the conversation that she's able to have with her own beginner's mind or her own inner child, those moments of pause on the yoga mat that we talked about last week or in the previous episode, the, those spaces allowed her to find her um, experience of wholeness that has been available to her all along. Like, she just said, you know, I don't know why, but I realized I've always been whole. Dan explored with Nina her description of feeling fragmented for so long. Here is how she responded. Use that notion of fragmented parts of me. How have the fragmented parts been woven together a little bit more seamlessly through the process you've been on? How, how do all these various pieces become the whole you, I guess is my question. Absolutely, yeah. And I think a lot of that has been by, number one, realizing this whole time that I've always been whole. And I think that's something I never really believed. And I think that's something I, I always thought that there would, you know, there were these fragments and these these pieces that were shattered that I had to kind of bring together through, you know, therapy and different. But I think the most recent and valuable lesson I've learned is that we're all, we're whole. We're always whole. And so I think it's really it's 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 really more about just uniting all of the parts of us that are there, yeah. um, and and bringing them together so that they can remind you of what your, um, your soul's truth is. I find it pretty powerful that Nina stumbled into the sense of wholeness, but she found that inner wholeness manifested in other aspects of her life as well. And one of the ways I think it manifested most, most beautifully is not only the kind of the uh, fun language she uses now to articulate what's going on inside of her own body, but also the way in which she now finds herself held in like the natural world. That she can move into nature and find it a place where the very way that she tends to her own body is now available to her because she realizes that she's um, part of the whole uh, earth body too, right? So she can tend to that body in a similar way. And she's present for it. And all of that wholeness uh, provides her um, capacity for healing, right? For healing, for, for tending to the broken places in her life or the broken places in our world or the broken places in other people's lives. In fact, as I asked her, what what, what could you imagine if the whole world could kind of find this kind of experience you're having? What do you think it would be like? And she went quickly to its capacity to be a healing presence in the world. What's the residual effect of that 
on on our planet if that were to be the case. So you snap your fingers and it's done. What's my li- what's life look like? Wow, I think that I think number one, I think we would all have so much more self-awareness that we would be kind of walking into our days with. And I think with that increased self-awareness that we have, our capacity to love will increase, our capacity to receive love will increase, our capacity to heal one another will increase, and our collective capacity to heal the world and the planet, I think, will increase as well. That's fantastic. She, in her mind, she said as she's able to dial into that sense of wholeness for herself, she feels as if that sense of wholeness co-regulates uh, those around her and the world, that, that her nervous system in that space uh, has this sort of generative capacity to harmonize her relationship with others, her relationship with the biosphere, it, it creates this healing space for her. And I was, you know, as she shared that, I, at first I was like, really? <laughs> and then I was remembering that I, as a clergy person, I do a lot of funerals, and I, um, I've done so many that I can arrive in a funeral space or in a place of kind of loss or death and kind of be calm because I'm not, I don't bring my anxious self to those situations anymore. And as she was describing that, I, it realized, it dawned on me that, you know, she's kind of right. I remember as I enter into some of those spaces when there's a lot of kind of um, nervous energy, anxious energy, um, kind of the angst of loss, pain, suffering, the bouncing around of memories, that as I walk into that space with sort of a, a more grounded presence that's only there because um, I've been able to practice that, the whole space tends to calm down a little bit. Or you can feel the energy in the room begin to soften a little bit. And so there is something about the healing capacity of finding your, your sense of wholeness and then emanating that in all of the circles that you're a part of, right? One-to-one, in small communities, maybe even in the planet itself. A beautiful, I think, testimony to the power of how our bodies are connected to um, all bodies, right? If we can just learn to listen and pay attention. In our last few minutes, where, where might this lead us? Well, I think one is we've heard this over and over again in our conversations, and I know you know this, but let's just underline it again. <laughs> let's just keep underlining it because it's so important. And that is, whether it be your body or nature or whatever it happens to be, listening, uh, like I think Papa John pointed out all the way back in season one, episode one, listening has uh, its own language. Right? It, it, it has this ability to, to kind of pick up, maybe you'd call it vibrations or sensations or um, that which feeds your intuition. But that's really, um, if you're going to go on a soul's journey, if you're trying to pay attention to your soul, that capacity for listening is huge. And, and that's one you need to pay attention to. So it's not, and we've talked about this too, right? It's not about applying uh, dogmatic positions or 
uh, traditional patterns onto your life. It's just simply the capacity for listening and the, the wonder world that opens up when you listen, as if there is a chorus of living wood that sings to humanity, if your mind were only a slightly greener thing, we'd drown you in meaning. How you bring that listening spirit to everything you do. And then this idea of this capacity for listening then I think the second thing we're learning is it draws you in to being aware of another level of, of, um, of life, maybe that level that the trees were talking about that happens under the ground, right? A level of life that is, is a part of life, but we've often forgotten how to pay attention to it. Uh, it's like that still, small voice, that quiet voice that we don't always give room for, and how that can uh, be liberating for us when we are able to tend to that voice along the way. A quick story as we bring it to a close is um, April, who I work with on this series. Uh, she, I'll put a link to the story at some point, but she was telling a story the other day about, I think she was either hiking or running in the, in, out in the hillsides with a bunch of other people. And as she was running, using her body, engaged in her body, she was upset with herself because her body was not performing the way she thought it should or the way she remembered it able to perform. Right? So the expectations she was bringing to her body in this experience were not being met. And she was in this agitation relationship with her body as she was struggling to run as fast as she wanted to or have the kind of muscle strength that she longed for. She was in that kind of spirit, right? That was her. That was her world in this moment. But she was running out in nature. And so she said in this story that at some point, she felt she began to shift. And rather than focusing in on her body and her expectation of her body, she began to focus in on the nature body. And she realized that she wasn't just her body. At least this is how I read her story. She was held in this wonder of the larger body, right? And all of the kind of inner drama that was going on with her body began to wash away. And she found herself back in this joy-filled excursion again, a part of this wider body, right? She allowed herself to listen, to tend to this greater body that held her. In fact, what is your body really? Is it your own or is it some sort of manifestation of the larger body that holds you, right? So she finds herself in this space of wholeness and it transformed the experience for her. And we'll link the story uh, so you can listen to it too at one point. But it's a beautiful way of imagining what uh, Jen has tried to help us understand, what Nina has tried to help us understand. How do we listen to the body? Or as they write in the book, as all the trees gather to bring us their wisdom, they say, you know, your kind never sees us whole. You miss the half of it and, and more. There's always as much below ground as above. And so that's the trouble with people. It's their root problem. For life runs alongside them unseen, right here, right next, creating the soil, cycling the water, trading in nutrients, making the weather, 
building atmosphere, feeding and curing and sheltering more kinds of creatures than people know how to count. It's a chorus of living wood that sings to humanity. If your mind were only a slightly greener thing, why we would drown you in meaning. She leans against the pine tree and it says, listen, there's something you need to hear. Can it be that finding a way to harmonize your life with the inner wisdom, intuition, life stories, and even your inner child might generate a more harmonious you and maybe even a more harmonious world? We hope these conversations and reflections provide you some capacity to explore a sense of soul grounded in your own wildly wonderful life story. Next episode, tune in as I dive a little deeper with Nina and we discuss her mind-body-spirit connection and how that shows up in her body. I imagine you'll tap into some of your own body's wisdom as you listen in. Join us again for Soul Forum. This episode of Soul Forum has been brought to you by Storycatcher for iPhone, a fun and simple tool that helps you create shareable keepsake video stories. Be the documentarian in your circles. Find Storycatcher, spelt as all one word, on the Apple App Store. You may attend Soul Forum Live each Sunday morning at Creekside Commons in Lafayette, California. The 30-minute presentation is also live-streamed via YouTube and Facebook, where people interact via the chat. After the live stream is complete, for those gathering in person, we then enter into a non-recorded group discussion on the day's topic. We'd love for you to join us for Soul Forum.